If you will, please open your Bible with me to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1. Our scriptural lesson will be taken from verse number 15. What a joy it is to be here on this Mother's Day. I appreciate the opportunity of sharing the Word with you. And for all of our mothers, I was thinking, I heard about this mother who went to the doctor. She had a bad burn on her ear. It was so severe, the doctor asked, how did this happen? She said, well, I was ironing some clothes. And instead of sitting the iron down, and just at the time I set it down, the telephone rang. And instead of picking up the telephone, I picked up the iron and stuck it to my ear. He said, that's terrible, but said, uh, that explains how that happened. But what about the bad burn on the other ear? Oh, she said, they call back. <laughs> Sometimes we never learn, amen. First Timothy 1 and verse 15. Let me have you to stand, if you will, while we read this verse. And uh, I want to bring a message from this passage of Scripture. Hadn't this singing been good? Thank God. If you don't feel like you've been at church, I tell you, you're, you need to get in the altar. Amen. If you hadn't been blessed, your blessers tore up. Amen. Thank God just for this privilege to gather in this service and rejoice in this hour. Verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Would you pray with me, please, our Father? Thank you so much this morning for this opportunity to gather in your house. We're so thankful for the wonderful singing, how it's helped us to draw our minds in from the things of this world, how it's helped us to set our affection on things above. And I pray now that you will bless the reading of your word and I'd ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, that I might lift you up in this hour. Souls might be saved and hearts stirred and lives blessed in this gathering together today. In the lovely name of Jesus, our Savior, save the lost and bless the saved. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to bring just a simple theme to you in the message this morning. I'm preaching on the subject, Jesus saves. Thank God. That just sounds good to hear, doesn't it? Jesus saves. Thank God for his wonderful salvation. This is one of the most powerful verses I know of. In the New Testament. Look at it with me again, if you will. Maybe you like reading true stories. Here's the truest story you'll ever read about. It says, uh, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Thank God for the truth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, coming into the world. Also, if you maybe like to read mystery stories, well, in this verse, we have the greatest mystery of all time. Listen to what it says, that Christ Jesus came into the world. What a mystery. How that God who created us, God who made this world, came down through the, a, a little virgin maiden and was born 
into this world. Thank God I'm glad that mystery is a reality. Maybe you like to read adventure stories. Well, the greatest adventure story ever seen is contained in this verse. It said that he came into the world to save sinners. Thank God for that journey he set out on when he left the portals of glory, came into this world to save you and I who were lost. But then maybe you like to read love stories. The greatest love story of all time is given to us in this, stat, in this verse. It said he came to save sinners of whom I am chief. Thank God you don't get too low. But what Jesus can lift you up and save you by his wonderful grace. But I want to just use those two simple words in the theme, Jesus saves. I want to say to you this morning that this theme is a powerful theme. Amen? In fact, no two words in all the human vocabulary could be placed together that would denote any more power than these two words, Jesus saves. Thank God for the power that's in that theme. Amen? We're living in a time when we hear about military power. We hear about uh, nations lifting their arms against other nations. We're living in the day of megaton power where there's a fear over the world that somebody's going to blow us off the face of the map. We hear about monetary power, but the power I want to talk to you about this morning is miraculous power. Thank God that power that can reach down from glory and touch a sinner and redeem us by His wonderful, amazing grace. I want to say that theme, and I want to put all of the emphasis on the first word. Jesus saves. Now that reveals His person. You see, salvation is not in a system of law, regardless of how perfect that system might be. In fact, this book contains a perfect system of law. And yet the same book says, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. Oh, it's not a system of law. It's not doing better. Thank God salvation is in a person. John 1 and 12 said, As many as received Him unto them gave He the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. Also, the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Just that simple, folks. If you got Jesus, you're saved. If you don't have Jesus, you're lost and need salvation. I want to say that theme and I want to put all of the emphasis on the second word. Jesus saves. Thank God. Now, the first word reveals his person. 
But the second word reveals his purpose. Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Oh, glory to his name. I'm glad he was willing to leave the portals of glory, set out on a mission to find you and I and bring us to a personal salvation. Amen. Thank God he didn't come to make of himself a reputation. He didn't come to see who could build the highest spire into the sky. Jesus came, thank God, to save sinners like you and I. Saved, saved, saved. Thank God for that theme. But then I want to say this morning, not only is this theme, Jesus saves a powerful theme, but I want to say to you this morning, it is a personal theme. Thank God He saved me. (laughs) Hey, if you want to really make important The salvation of one person in a meeting. You know, somebody said we had revival last week and only had one saved. If you want to make that one real important, put yourself in their place. What it had been you. Amen. Personal salvation. Jesus came to save me, thank God, and to save you. We're saved from sin's penalty. The wages of sin is death. All of us were equally guilty in the sight of God. Romans 3 and 10 says, There's none good, no, not one. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Oh, but you say, preacher, I'm not as bad a sinner as some people I know of. Let me tell you something. James 2 and 10 says, if we keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, we're guilty of all. There's no degrees of sin with God. We're either saved or we're lost. This is a personal salvation where He has saved me from sin's penalty. Thank God I've been redeemed. I want you to think about it with me. When Jesus, according to Hebrews 6, verse 19 and 20, entered into heaven carrying His own blood that He had shed for our sins on the cross of Calvary. There, as He enters into heaven, He enters into that tabernacle that Moses used as a pattern to make the earthly tabernacle from. Had Jesus taken His blood, Brother Ken, and put it on that brazen altar that was there, that would have meant that you and I would have redemption from all our past sin. That'd be wonderful within itself. Just to know that all of our past Thank God has been taken care of. But he didn't anchor it there. We got that and more. Had he gone by that brazen labor that was there in the yard, had he 
through his blood there, it would have meant not only do we have cleansing from past sins, but thank God through this labor, we have cleansing from future sin. Amen. Making us fit servants to go into service for our Lord and serve Him. He didn't anchor it there. He gave us that and more. As you enter into the tabernacle building itself, there on the right-hand side, when you go through that first door there, you can see the table of showbread sitting on the right side. There, representing the substance of life for you and I. The bread that we all, thank God, can be partakers of day by day. Remember, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. One thing I really like about that uh, uh, little shoe bread table, it had a rail built around the top of it. That when they placed those 12 loaves of bread there, it was a mobile situation. They traveled with it on their shoulders and to assure that no bread would ever fall off. They put a rail around there to hold it on. I'm glad God's got that rail around me and you, aren't you? Thank God for what we'd have had. He anchored the blood there, but he didn't anchor it there. Across the room on the other side was a light stand. Seven beautiful lamps that were there. And had he anchored the blood, it would have meant cleansing from past sins, cleansing from future sins, substance to live by, and then a light to point the way into the good places for you and I. Then in the middle of that room was an altar, a golden altar, where the priest would come and burn incense. And as that sweet smell went into heaven, the folks on the outside would pray, and it went up into God's presence with a sweet Savior in His nostrils. It would have meant, had He anchored it there, we have personal communication with God through prayer. Thank God Jesus reached up and got the top of that veil and began to tear it. And all the way down to the bottom, He tore the veil. And only the high priest once a year could go into that special room. And there, Jesus went into it. And with His own blood, Hebrews 10, 19, and 20 says, Our forerunner has anchored His blood within the veil. I'm glad, thank God, my sins have been atoned for. Sin's penalty has been removed because Jesus saves. But then we're saved also from sin's power. Personally. Jesus saves not only from sin's penalty, from sin's power. Romans 6, 14 said, So then sin shall have no more dominion over you. That word dominion there means a hold. That word dominion means having an authority. I'll tell you, when I got saved, sin had to turn me loose. Amen. And no longer had a hold or authority in my life. You say, but preacher, 
Uh, we're not perfect. You're right. It's not the sins that's holding on to us that gives us problem. It's the sins we're holding on to that gives the problem to us. Let me give you this illustration right quickly before I move on. Uh, I want to illustrate how he saves us from the power of sin. You know how they catch monkeys overseas? One of the ways is they take a coconut, drill a hole in it, and they pour the milk out and put shiny, alluring glass objects on the inside of that coconut. They put a chain on it and chain it to a tree. By and by, here comes this little old monkey. He sees that coconut, and being curious as they are, he comes over, looks at it, sees those beautiful, shining, alluring objects inside. He takes his paw, and he works it in that hole, and he gets him a handful of those glass beads that are there. And he's trapped. Now all that monkey would have to do to get loose from that trap is turn loose of those objects and pull his paw out and walk off. I sure do hate to compare Baptists to monkeys. (laughs) But I'm afraid so many times that's how we act. Well, they'll hold on to those objects till the trapper comes and has to burst the coconut off their paw and then they take them, put them in a cage and folks come by and laugh at them. That's what the devil wants to do in your life. He wants to make you as a believer an open spectacle to the world to show that he's trapped you. He can't get your soul, but he can get your joy and victory. God help us to turn loose of those things that would harm us and live for Jesus. But not only is this theme I want to talk to you about this morning a powerful theme and a personal theme, but it's also a practical theme. Thank God. I love prophecy. I like to know what's going to happen tomorrow, don't you? There's something about prophecy that intrigues me. I like to see how God says it's going to take place and then watch it take place. What a blessing, what an assurance that gives to us of the uh, uh, authority and uh, the spiritual interpretation of the Scriptures. I love to study history. One of my favorite studies is etymology. That's the origin of words. I like to know why we use these words we use and where did they come from and what do they mean? Great study in history. But I'll tell you what we need, not something back yonder or something out there. Most of the time we need something right here, right now. It's not the sweet by and by. It's the nasty now and now where we need help from Jesus Christ. I'm glad, thank God, that his salvation is a practical theme. Jesus' salvation produces fruit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, Paul said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. I used to wonder how a preacher could get up and preach 
And this step down and just have somebody to shake his hand or shine a card to get saved. So I read that verse. Billy Kelly, you say I'd rather sign my name on a barn door and shake a mule's tail to try to go to heaven than to shake a preacher's hand and sign the card. Amen? But I tell you what, Jesus, the reason they do that is because that's all they got. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. If that's all you got to offer, that's all you can offer. Amen? I'm glad I got Jesus to offer to others. The same, thank God, that saved me. About two weeks after I was saved, I visited a place I used to go to and gave them a testimony and told some fellows they were gambling. I told them how Jesus had saved me. And I said, he can do the same for you. And there's an old boy who grabbed me and, and he said, uh, boy, God sent you by here today. I need to get saved. We stepped out on the front porch of that place. I'll never forget. He said, would you help me get saved? I'd only been saved about two weeks. I didn't know any verses to give him in the Bible. In fact, in those days, I didn't even know Romans had a road in it. You know what I did? I just told him what happened to me a couple of weeks before. And I said, thank God, I believe if you'll just ask Jesus like I did to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, he will. And he did, and God came through. Amen. It produces fruit. But then this salvation, this practical salvation, not only produces fruit, but it provides fellowship. I may have mentioned this in times past, but here in Georgia, or down in Georgia, I'm up in Tennessee now, we've got a bad habit of putting an R on the end of most all our words. I don't know why we do it. We go to Atlanta every once in a while. You have to go through Marietta to get there. Amen. We sleep on a pillar. We look out through the window. Every once in a while we get an idea. And if we live good, we got virtue. But in Georgia, we don't fellowship. We fellowship. Amen. Thank God for good fellowship. You say, what is fellowship, preacher? It's two fellers in one ship. And if they got harmony, they're both rowing in the same direction. Amen. I mean, that's fellowship. Thank God for good fellowship. I love to fellowship with people. I like to get in the church where the custodian has to flick the lights to get you to go home. Amen. I like that kind of fellowship myself. And I'm glad that this salvation that Jesus provides, provides us that fellowship. One with the other. Of course, there's fellowship with the host of heaven. Hebrews 10 and 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God I can have fellowship with the host of heaven. And then I can have fellowship in the house of God. Amen. 
Matthew 18, 20, the simplest form of a New Testament church where two or three are gathered together. There am I in the midst. One other thing, and I'll conclude. Not only is this theme, Jesus saves, a powerful theme. Not only is it a personal theme and a practical theme, but it also is a prospective theme. Gives us something to look for out yonder in the future. Amen? It's a theme that fits us for heaven. Luke 23, verses 42 and verse 43, Jesus was hanging on the cross. One of the thieves that was being crucified with him said, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said to that man, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Praise God. Here was a man that was not fit to live in the society of this world. He had been deemed unfit for society. And a thief and a murderer nailed to a cross next to Jesus. And a man who was not fit to live in society where children were not safe when he was loose. Now in a moment's time, glory to God because Jesus saves, is made fit to heaven to live in the presence of a holy God himself. Jesus Saves. It fits us for heaven. And then it furnishes us an airship. I'm so glad that I got an airship over there. Amen? I mean, thank God. I'm headed for the city. I'm a child of the king. Don't ever feel sorry for one of God's young'uns Thank God their days get a-coming. Amen. When we shall see Him face to face on the other side. Thank God. I want you to just turn quickly over to uh, the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and verse number 5. I want you to see this truth, this reality. You see, this salvation yonder in the future has got an airship laid up for you and I. We have an inheritance. The testator has already died and put this inheritance into force. It said to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Just look at that for a moment with, you, with me, if you will. First of all, there's that word incorruptible. That comes from a Greek word that means there's nothing within that can destroy. I'm glad I've got something that's going to last for eternity. Our homes constantly, we're having to work on them. They keep corrupting. I've got to that age to where it's a a lot of maintenance physically, amen. I mean, just to keep things going and keep moving. 
But thank God over there, that airship has nothing within it that will ever corrupt it. And then it said that it is undefiled. That word undefiled is from a word that means without mixture. Catharos. We get our word Catherine from that word. And it means purity. That which is without mixture. Over there we'll have knowledge without any mixture of error. Over there we'll have holiness without any mixture of sin. Over there we'll have love without any mixture of hatred or malice. Thank God our airship is going to be pure without mixture. And then he said that fadeth not away. I love that one. It means it never ceases to give satisfaction to its owner. Whoo, glory to God. I tell you what, I'm a gadget person. I love gadgets. The more gadgets I got and the buttons I got to push, the better I like it. Amen. There's something about it. I like to get a new gadget. But you know what those gadgets do? They get old. And pretty soon, I mean, even before they wear out, you tire of them. Amen? And they cease to satisfy you. And you start looking for something else. But hallelujah. Over there on the other side, what we'll receive from Jesus will forever and ever and evermore satisfy you and I. Thank God with Him. You say, but preacher, what if I don't hold out? What if I don't make it? I I forgot to read verse 5 with you. You see, verse 4 said it's it's reserved over there. And verse 5 said, who are kept by the power of God through faith. I'm glad I'm kept. Not just kept, I'm kept up. I'm not just kept, I'm kept safe. I'm not just kept, I'm kept happy. Thank God for His keeping power. Jesus saves. Are you saved this morning? Greatest Mother's Day gift a mother could ever receive is to see one of her family members come to Christ and be born again into the family of God. I want to give you that opportunity this morning to come to Jesus and get born again into God's family. Would you stand with me, please?